Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. God is going to guide the people out of captivity. He's going to make a path for them. And not only is he going to make a path for them, he's going to remove the obstacles and be a light in the darkness. And we should constantly pay attention to the new thing that God is doing. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of Isaiah, the uh, 43rd chapter. We're going to be reading the 16th through the 21st verse. Again, that is Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. And I'm going to be reading uh, the New International Translation of God's word. Um, let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. O oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You are the one who was and is and is to come, and there is none like you, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity again to gather in front of uh, your people to proclaim your word. Lord God, let every uh, word of my mouth and every meditation in all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Forgive us for any sins that we have committed by word, thought, or deed against your divine majesty, and help us to forgive others, Lord God. Uh, let this word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest. In your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. For the time that we get to spend together, I would like to talk about for a little bit Always a new day. Always a new day. Um, one of my growing edges, flaws, if you will, is that I can become a very cerebral and reflective person. 
I have to monitor it. I have to watch it. I need to be careful that I don't spend too much time analyzing a situation I'm in or an interaction I had or an interaction that someone else had. I'm, I'm working on being careful not to overthink a problem. Uh, avoid what some people call analysis paralysis. Um, what happens with me is that I'll go into a situation with expectations. And when that situation does not meet my expectations, I may spend some time trying to figure out what I can do to make the situation better or, or what I can do to make the situation different. And, and sometimes I get so caught up that in trying to figure things out that I don't realize how much time has passed. And there's little to nothing completed. And as that time passes, my enthusiasm goes down as well. I may uh, spend too much time trying to analyze how to lose weight or too much time trying to analyze how to save money for a, a, a big purchase or uh, debt down some things. And, and time goes by and the situation hasn't changed because I spent some time overthinking it. Uh, but we all know what it's like to set out with great enthusiasm, uh, a, a grand plan for some worthwhile project and then get lost in the weeds. Let's say you decide to exercise more, uh, eat healthily, or, or set aside some daily time for morning prayer early in the morning. Day one is excellent. Day two is pretty good. But then comes that morning where you roll out of bed fully intending to keep that promise, that contract you made with God between you and, and God, and then and, and you look at your to-do list, and it's all over. Not today, you say, uh, too busy. Tomorrow will be better. But then tomorrow comes, and the next day, and the next, and before you know it, you have uh, the case of the guilts. And the last thing you want to do is feel guilty so you try not to think about it, uh, making it even worse. And then when you do think about it, you feel even more guilty. And it's a, a, a vicious cycle, a downward spiral, some might even say, into self-humiliation. And we see in Scripture uh, Isaiah talking to some people in that sort of spiral. Uh, we are uh, in the passage of the book that some scholars call Second Isaiah, uh, chapters 1 through 39, people call First Isaiah, and First Isaiah is pretty rough because Isaiah tells them that God tells the people who are in captivity that you did this to yourself. But right around chapter 40, he starts to make a change to let them know that even though they're in a bad situation, they're not going to stay in a bad situation. But right now, the people of God are in captivity. 
exiled from their homeland. And something interesting enough is that by the time we get to Isaiah chapter 43, this is the first time in scripture that the oppressors, the Babylonian kingdom, are mentioned by name. They haven't said who they are leading up to all these other scriptures, but by the time we get to 43, they go ahead and name the oppressor. The people need deliverance. The people need freedom. The people have lost their way of life. They've lost their homes. They've lost their land. They've lost their livelihood. Some of them have lost their families as well. And some may even feel like they have lost their God. Isaiah is responding to their guilt and their despair with a powerful prophetic vision. In order to get out of a situation, you need to be able to see your way out of a situation. I may be hurting right now, but God, I can, I can see a place where there's no pain. I may have some sickness right now, but God, I can see a place where I am healed. I may be in lack right now, but God, I can see a place where I have provision. And so Isaiah tells them, yes, you are in captivity in a foreign land right now, but I see my people marching triumphantly home. And, and going through a broad wilderness road, pausing here to, 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 to eat and to drink and, and get drinks from clear flowing rivers. And they will know when they go through that wilderness on the way home out of captivity, they will know who cares for them. They will know who provides for them and, and they will know who declared that they will be captives no more. God reminds them through the text of his track record in the past. But God also says, don't just focus on the past because God is going to do a new thing. God is going to guide the people out of captivity. He's going to make a path for them. And not only is he going to make a path for them, he's going to remove the obstacles and be a light in the darkness. And we should constantly pay attention to the new thing that God is doing. Amen. He says, I, I was with you in Egypt. And when you went through the sea, it was I who parted the waters so that you could walk on dry land. It was I who closed the waters back in when your enemies were coming behind you and drew out the chariots and the horses and the army and the reinforcement and extinguished them. God made a way through the sea in Exodus and God will make a way through the wilderness in exile. God is the one who defeated the enemy before, and if he did it before, he will do it again. Amen. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their creator, their God, the only God, Yahweh, is going to deliver his people and bring them home from their exile in Babylon. And then we will declare the Lord's praise. They're going to bear witness to others about how God delivered them. So it's not just a saving for them. They're going to be able to tell somebody about it so that when you see the next person that's down and out, you'll be able to tell them with confidence, I know the Lord will make a way somehow because he did it for me. It's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do the same for you. Uh, God's care for the Hebrews as well as us through Jesus Christ is consistent. We can look to God not only with a fond memory, but with a present and a future hope. Out of God's relationship with us, God has acted on our behalf in the past and will continue this pattern in our present and in our future, I'm going I'm to say that again. We look to God, not only with a fine memory, but a present hope. Out of God's relationship with us, God has acted on our behalf in the past. And this continues to be the pattern for the present and the future. Um, Isaiah was talking to some people in exile in Babylon, but Isaiah was not the only person that talked to the people in, in Babylon in exile as well. Come on in here, Jeremiah. We can go uh, to the 29th chapter around the 11th through the 14th verse where he says, surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not to harm you, but to give you a future with a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place which I sent you into exile. God is doing a new thing. God has a future and a hope for you. God loves you. God defeated the enemy before and he will do it again. So we too have a future promise. It's the promise of our faith. The promise that God is not finished with us yet. The promise that one day all that is now instinct will be made clear because we have heard that promise and we know it to be true and we can get up from where we are, the place where we feel stuck and immobilized and we can move on to the eye of faith because there will always be a new day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. God, we just come before you right now to say thank you. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for your hope for our future. Thank you for your ever-present help. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord God. Thank you for sending your son that willingly gave himself up for us so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you that we can know there's always a new day in you. Lord God, I speak a blessing over those who have heard this word today and those who will hear it later, that if they have a desire to know you and grow in your will and a desire to know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins, they will ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, let your word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work in your holy people in this holy church and allow us to get out the way. Forgive us for not doing the things that you would have us to do. And forgive us for, for doing the things we weren't supposed to do, Lord God. Help us to forgive others as well, Lord God. Help us not to yield to temptation. Continue to deliver us from the evil one. For you are the king of glory. You are the Lord strong and mighty. You are the Lord mighty in battle. And it is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we submit this prayer. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.